0: And I love God's presence. Anybody here get touched this morning? Hallelujah! <laughs> Give him a hand. Amen. David said, "I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the gates of the unrighteous." There's something about dwelling and being in God's presence. There's something amazing that happens. What was your assignment last week? Psalms 91. How many here read it at least once? Out loud. Awesome. Awesome. How many here read it but didn't read it out loud? But you read it. Amen. I want to read it again this morning before I get into my sermon. Because I believe when you believe the Word of God you position yourself in a place that nobody can can take you from. When you position yourself and you say, I'm going to believe what his word says, you become unmovable. So we've got it... Um, pardon me? Just wait a second, okay. I'm going to read it from a different version, and we're going to put it up here. I find some of these versions sometimes just say it in different ways and one of the versions that is a very recent version is called um, the Passion Translation and, it, and the whole Bible is not yet ready but he's done, the, the gentleman that's behind it has done a number of the books and as I was reading it this week um, I came across it, um, I tried to read it in two or three different translations this week. I read the Amplified but it took me about three hours. You got that joke. Good, good. I won't preach an amplified service, um, a sermon. Uh, but when you take a, a very simple way to get more out of God's word is just to read it in different translations. It's a very simple way to get a better picture or a broader look of how God's word is said. Very simple. Um, There's more ways that you can study it, but to me, that is the simplest way, and there are so many versions online that you can get. Um, Are you ready there? Awesome. Why don't you put up the first verse? And we're, oh, we figured it out. We figured it out. Hallelujah. During worship, we had a yellow glow going. Amen. Are you ready to say it with me? Because I don't want to just say it alone. I want to hear your voices because you will activate something in yourself. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. Um, I get a little excited when I read. Can you say it a little louder? I'm serious when I say it. Let's say it with conviction. All right? And if the person beside you sneers at you, just say it louder. (laughs) Amen. We're going to start again. When you speak the word of God, one second, sorry. (laughs) When you speak the word of God, you activate something In the spiritual realm. And there's nothing greater than God's Word. All right. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. And he will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing, whether by night or by day. Demonic danger will not trouble you, nor the powers of evil launched against you. For God will keep you safe and secure. They won't lay a hold on you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of the God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they will be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness... ...trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover... ...I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Go for it. Amen. If we were in a black church down south... We'd probably have a praise break between each verse. I mean, it'd be like, just a minute now, get on the organ and let's give them praise. Thank you, Jennifer. God is good. Did you see what you read? Did you hear what you read? The way I see it, nothing can harm you. When you are with God and in his secret place there's nothing that can harm you. Look at somebody and say there's nothing. There's nothing. Mm. He'll rescue you from hid every hidden trap of the enemy (laughs) how many traps of the enemy every last time I checked that was a pretty complete answer I'm just gonna I've got a sermon but I've got a chapter in the Bible that's just been burning in me God woke me up two times this week at 313 and 314 in the morning And I walked around in my house, and I'm glad the video camera wasn't showing because I was getting a little animated. I'm walking through the house, and I'm reading this, and I'm declaring it over every child in my family. I'm declaring it over every one of you here. I'm looking at this, and I'm declaring that no trap of the enemy is going to harm you. There is nothing the enemy can do that's going to harm you when you stay in the shadow of the Most High God. When you snuggle up to God, Father, and you are close to Him, there's nothing that's going to get you. He's better than your biggest brother. When I was a kid, if I ever got in trouble, I would just look for one of my bigger brothers. Because you mess with David, you'd have to mess with one of my bigger brothers. And they were bigger and stronger than you. Anybody ever experienced that? Have you been on the wrong side of that? When you're with God, He's the biggest. He's the strongest. He's the most. There's nothing that can come against God and against you when you're in Him. He will rescue you. He will protect you from false accusations. And that's a good one. False accusations. He will protect you. I think sometimes we just read the Bible just to get through the chapter. 3 weeks ago I told you how many chapters to read a day to get through the Bible in a year. Don't just read it, but meditate on it. That's biblical. That's biblical. When you read the Word of God, if you read one verse and it just hits you, and it hits you, and it hits you, just stay there. Just stay there. I I preached this last week. <laughs> I'm going to preach it again. There is nothing like dwelling in God's presence. And I, I'm just going to go through these verses just... I just want to read to you what you can expect. It says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It also says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when you want to please God, start speaking his word. I just did a little A plus B equals C. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want to please God. It says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Therefore, if I speak the word of God, I will increase my faith, and therefore I will become pleasing to God. You want to please God, quit playing with your toys and start talking to him. Come on. If you want to please God, start reading his word and literally declaring it. It says in Job, you shall declare a thing and it shall be established. It also says in Hebrews, faith is a substance of things hoped for. You want to know what the substance of things hoped for? You start reading this. That might be my next week's sermon. I, I want to do a sermon on making declarations. But I, I, I just want to read this chapter, verse. I just want, he's going to, his massive arms. His massive arms. His massive arms are wrapped around you. Anybody here need a bear hug? How about a father hug? His massive arms. Hmm. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. You'll never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night. You'll never have to worry about a nightmare When you abide with God, you don't have to have nightmares. The mind is an amazing thing. But when you snuggle up to God, you hide yourself in Him, you spend time with Him, your dreams will change. You don't have to go to bed worrying about what's going to happen when I close my eyes. In fact, you can say, I'm going to close my eyes because he's going to protect me. I believe there's some of you here that have nightmares. You can read that verse before you go to bed. We don't have to make it more complicated than, than, than as simple as it is. We don't have to do 16 steps. We don't have to turn this way. We don't have to go to the east. We don't have to look which way is east, which way is north. If you're geographically challenged, it's okay. God knows you and he hears you. And you can just take his word, read his word, and say, God, tonight, no nightmares. None. When I worked in construction, I used to go to sleep and I'd wake up at night thinking about what was going to happen the next day. You read this? You don't have to wake up in a cold sweat. You don't have to wake up and not be able to go back to sleep. You can sleep in peace. It says in verse 6, don't fear a thing. Don't fear a thing. Don't fear. When fear comes, you can say, I'm not going to fear. You don't have to fear a thing, whether it's by day or night. Mm. Oh, I like this one. Have you ever seen the commercial on TV, or you've seen these movies, especially these um, sci-fi movies with 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 Superman or with with uh, the Red Guy, Iron Man? Okay, Iron Man, um, the Marvelous guys. Okay, see, see, you've watched them. You're helping me out here. Thank you. The Avengers. There you go. And, 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 and Thor, you know, that guy, nobody else can pick up that, that thing but him. And, but, but you watch the show, and they have this massive battle. And only in cinematography can you do this, but all of a sudden, the scene comes, and there's all this dust. And then you see these guys just walking through. And they start to come out of the dust, and all of a sudden, here you see Thor. Thor and he's got, you know, the Iron Man, and he's got the Hulk, and he's got a few other guys beside. And 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 the whole place is just desecrated. I mean, the city is demolished. And the dust, I mean, it's not even settling, but you see them, the, the camera pans it from 50 yards out, and you just see these three or four guys side, side, uh, walking side by side. When the Holy Spirit gets on me, sometimes he plays with my tongue. But you can... You see these guys, and, and they just walk. That's what I picture. That's what I picture you. And, and, and you, you see a 1,000, and you see 10,000, and you see all these things happening, but it's not going to touch you. And you can put yourself, if you're sitting there and you're watching the movie, you can put yourself there and you go, I'm better than Thor. The Hulk's got nothing on me. And and just I, I just saw this as clear as day this week that you are gonna experience this scene where everything around you is just being demolished and everything is, is, is going just it's just dying and, and, and buildings are crashing and you're just walking around. Huh. Ah. Oh, well oh, that you oh and you're not gonna have any fear you're not going to have any torment, but you're going to walk. It, it, you're just going to be in strength. A- another scene, a similar setting. I'm dealing with a little bit of sci-fi this morning. I don't know <laughs> why. <laughs> but, but these games that they play, these video games, and you see these guys helicoptered in, and there's mass destruction, and the guy just walks around, and he's just walking around, and all of a sudden he just goes... And he's not worried, but everything around him is just falling down, and he's just walking around like nothing, nothing on him. That's what I'm saying over you this morning. That's what I see over every one of you, this week, you're going to experience just this walking around and what you used to think was desolation and what you used to think was part of your lifestyle and what you used to think was this is who I am and I'm just going to have to suffer through this. You're all of a sudden going to find out that you're walking through it. You're walking through it. And you're going to look around and, you, and all of a sudden you're going to go, <laughs> I'm unscathed. I don't even have the dirt on my feet. I don't even have the dust. I mean, I see it all, and I'm walking through, and I'm not getting any of the stench. I'm not getting any of the dirt. I'm not getting any of the dust and the stuff that's flying around. I'm walking through, and I'm clean. I could wear my best clothes through this, and they wouldn't get an ounce or a speck of dirt on them. Yes, Pastor Nelson knows what that's like. Every time you go plumbing with Pastor Nelson, he shows up in a suit. A suit and a sewer line don't mix. But that's... Can you grab that this morning? The, the, does this just make sense or am I watching too many movies? Thanks, Trevor. Hmm. Even in time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you'll remain unscathed and unharmed. Either you believe God's word or you don't. It's, well, I believe it 50%. No, if you believe it 50%, you don't believe it completely. And I am completely convinced that the word of God is real. I am completely convinced that the word of God is my manual for life. I am completely convinced that these words in here are what dictate my life. Why is it that I can believe the world is coming to an end, but I can't believe that he's the king of kings? I watch CNN for three minutes and I get depressed. I should spend three minutes in here. We, we buy, we buy, feels like I'm on a soapbox right now. <laughs> we buy the lie of the enemy. And we accept, we accept it without any question. And then when we bring God's word into picture, we have all these doubts, these questions, and this confusion. Well, is that really what God says? I don't know. I learned how to read when I was a little boy, and it says this. And what's funny is I can read the newspaper and I can believe the stuff and the junk and all the bad things in the newspaper, but I can't seem to have the same conviction when I read God's Word. Something is wrong with that. And I'm speaking to myself here as well. But nothing is going to harm you this week. That's what I see God's Word saying. You spend time with God, and you spend time with Him, in the secret place with Him, and things will change in your life, in your family, in your home. Because that's what His Word says. And either His Word is true, or it's not at all. It is very simple. It's either true, or it's not. And I'm here to tell you, it's true. You'll be a spectator (laughs) as the wicked perish in judgment. He moves on and he says, when you spend time in his secret place, you're going to always be shielded for harm. God sends angels with special orders on your behalf. Why is it that we can look at all the demonic activity, but we can't see the angelic activity? And by the way, there is twice as many good angels as there is bad angels. But it seems like we see a demon under every bush, but we don't see God Most High everywhere. Does that make sense? When I did the math, it says one-third of them, if you read the Bible, one-third of them were swooped away. That means two-thirds were left, which is twice as many as one-third. We need to start celebrating that our God is bigger, stronger, and mightier than the pep squeak who's an angel. He's not even, he was created. He isn't like Jesus who is almighty, who was not created. The enemy is just a created being. We have grown up thinking it's good and bad are equal forces against each other. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Those super movies are wrong. It's not the good and evil forces are equal. No, no. When I rest in his place and I spend my time with him, he is superior completely. You cannot compare something finite to something infinite. You can't. (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking about this. The angels these days are probably really relaxed because we've got all these helmets and body armor that we wear when we ride our bikes. When we rode our bikes, we didn't have helmets. Put your angel to work. Now, r- wear a helmet. I don't want any mums calling me saying, what did you say? God sends his angels with special orders. Do you believe that there's angels watching over you? That's a spooky topic to talk about in church. But here it says, when we spend time with him, he's got his angels and he gives them orders to take care of you. (laughs) Oh, I thank God I've got somebody taking care of me because I have made some real stupid decisions. I've turned right when I should have turned left. I stepped on it when I should have put on the brakes. I think when I get to heaven, they're going to say, David, sit down for a little while. We need to have a little talk. You can expect divine protection. You can expect divine protection. He's got his angels they protect you wherever you go. <laughs> wherever you go. Wherever you go. There used to be a song by newsboys entertaining his angels all around and watching TV with you guys. I mean, the angels are with you everywhere you are. Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But not only that, but he's got his angels protecting you. It says that your feet will not stumble. Mm. Do you believe this? This is a real easy sermon to preach. I'm just looking at each verse and just saying it over and over and over again. I'm doing the amplified version. His angels' special orders protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you. Man, now I'm not saying you walk around saying, Angels, where are you? Angels, where are you? I'm gonna check through this door here. Are you I'm not I'm saying when you walk and you do life, trouble comes you don't have to look for trouble. (laughs) You don't have to go looking for it. It seems to find you. You're human. But you've got these angels around you protecting you. I've heard stories of somebody who rode their car in the wintertime um, this, this lady that used to come to our church, so this was years ago, they went up country in the wintertime, similar to the, the roads are now, and they went around a corner and they went off the road and they got stuck in the snow. And all of a sudden, these two people came, dressed, not, not dressed in, in, in parkas and everything else, but these two people came, pushed them out. They went on their way and, they, and then they realized afterwards, where did they come from? then they started to do the math afterwards huh that's interesting they weren't wearing parkas they they just showed up i believe there's more angelic activity we just don't have a clue <laughs> can i tell you something else i experienced it once when i was like 16 years old I, I think this is funny. I don't even think I've ever told Pastor Nelson this, but when, when, when Ona was 16 and I, I, I looked at her and she got my attention, um, I went and I sat down with Pastor Nelson and I said, I'd like to, to uh, date your daughter. And he says, Well, I don't believe in dating. I'm, Ooh, okay. So he explained to me, and I think this is an excellent idea relating friends. He says, you don't own my daughter, but you can get to know her as a friend. Then he asked me, and this was written, Ona couldn't figure this out. I'm, I just got my learner's license, my driver's, and he asked me if I'm a good driver. Well, of course I am. I'm a man, I'm a boy. He allowed me to drive, whereas Winona had been driving for nine months plus about a year or so longer because in the States she had got her license earlier. But he didn't trust Winona to drive. He trusted me to drive. And so finally I got the opportunity for our first date. It wasn't a date, but it was a movie night, a concert night. And, and, and I'm, I'm working up to a point where I believe the angels came and helped me. But I hear, I, I'm a 16-year-old boy, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see. When, and it starts snowing. And there's like four to five inches of snow on the ground. And I call, and, and we want to go to see Leon Patillo. It's like, I think it was January 16th of 1981 or 82. And in New Westminster at the Massey Theater. See, honey, I remember that. It's like, ding, ding, ding. That's good. Um, and I picked up my buddy because I wasn't allowed, and, and men, fathers, don't let your boys go out with the girls by themselves. Pastor Nelson, he required at least a third wheel or a second couple. Okay, that's wisdom. Young men, don't, don't put yourself in harm and in trouble. You, you take somebody with you, it's protection. Keeps you from being stupid. Um, probably the biggest thing. So, anyways, I pick up my buddy because we're doing a double date. I pick him up in Langley. Pastor Nelson lives in Aldergrove, and where they lived, the snow would come, and it would come. And I mean, it seemed to get faster and faster, and harder and harder. And if you ever drive along the freeway, there's the overpass, there, the two forty eighth overpass. And I'm driving north, coming from Langley, and oh, I'm so excited. I mean, you think this is my happy face. You've just seen it when I was 16 years old, and I get to spend an evening with this beautiful girl. And, 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 we're, and it's snowing like crazy, and I forgot what the road conditions were like. Because, yeah, because I've been driving for maybe two and a half months. I come over, there, and Pastor Nelson said, David, um, it's snowing out. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, no problem. No, oh, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. We're going to, it's going to be okay. All right, you can. I would never let my kids go in that weather, but Pastor Nelson made a mistake there. But <laughs> I came over 248, and I had to take the first street to the right, and I thought the roads were nice and clear, but I was driving over ice, and I turned the corner, and I passed the lane that I should be in, I passed the lane that would be coming out, in other words, the second lane or the opposite traffic. I passed the road, and all of a sudden, there's a ravine, about 25 feet down, 15, 20, 25 feet, it's it's a ravine. And I'm going, and it's like me and my buddy are sitting there, and we start to worship God and speaking in in tongues. (laughs) And it's like... And all of a sudden, this little red escort... It was like God picked it up. I'm not, and I'm not kidding when I say this because all of a sudden it got traction and it just went whoop, whoop back on the road. I was shaking. Got to see Pastor Nelson and, and, and pick up Winona. Is everything okay, David? Are you going to be all right? Yes. <laughs> I didn't speed the rest of the night. The weather was so bad, Pastor Nelson came into Surrey to pick up Winona because the weather was so bad. But for some reason, we were able to get our date. But there was an angel. I believe there was an angel because there's no explanation. I know what the laws of nature and the laws of physics say. And there was no way that if I'm skidding and I'm not getting any friction that all of a sudden I can hit and just literally, those guys, they must have been strong because they just took that car and they just went, whop, And it just went, Back on the road. No swerving, no, nothing crazy. And I just, <laughs> I just kept driving. <laughs> I believe angels are all around us. And sometimes they even help us when we do something we shouldn't do. I shouldn't have been driving like that. But thank God for his angels. That he's given charge over me. To help me and protect me. That's what his word says. You can expect his angels to watch over you. Mm. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness. Trampling every one of them beneath your feet. Hallelujah. They're under your feet. They're not in your face. They're not here. They're there. In one of the versions, it even says kind of like just kicking them out of the way. Just get out of the way. This is one chapter in the Bible, 16 verses. And it's just full of goodness. One chapter, 16 verses and I can't even do it in 25 minutes. Three times in that chapter, he brings you to the part of back in the secret place. The first verse, he says, he who dwells in the secret place. And then he explains all these benefits. Then at about verse 10, he talks about it again. And he says, those of you who dwell in the secret place. And that's when he talks about the angels. And then he gets to about verse 13 or 14. And again, he says, those of you who are in the secret place, you must be in the secret place. Spend time with him. Don't just start your day and say, see you later, God. Start your day and say, here I am, Lord, I love you. And spend five minutes, spend three minutes. But start your day with him. I'm going to talk about routine sometime, maybe next week. But when I do, one of the aspects is you've got to manage your time. Don't become so busy that God puts on the shelf because that's what we do. I've been there. Well, i got to be at work at 6, and I'm really tired, so I'm going to sleep in until 5.15, give myself 15 minutes to get ready, and be out the door at 5.30. Sorry, God, but you got to just work with me here. And I thank God for his grace, but we got to deal with stupid too. So again, verse 14, For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I'll greatly protect you. I'll set you in a high place, safe and secure, before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. It says in Hebrews, Come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. Humanly speaking, when we're in time of need is the time we think we don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. That's why it's called grace. But it's, it's just amazing how I don't deserve it and yet he says, come boldly. I made a really bad decision and yet he says, every single time you pray, I'll answer you. Quit disqualifying God from helping you because you made a bad mistake. Correct it. Come to him and speak with him. And by the way, he gave you one mouth and two ears. You should be listening twice as much as you're speaking. Try that with your wife too. That works well. I'm giving you marriage advice here. I will answer your cry for, and it's and amazing, it's not, it's not your cry for good thing. it's your cry for help. <laughs> he knows we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> he, said, he doesn't say, I'll answer your cry when you're having a really good day and you don't need anything. He says, no, I'll answer your cry for help. Help! I mean, I might as well start the day off like that. Have you ever felt like that? I hope I'm giving you a picture of how amazing God is. I can't get over it. I've read this chapter. I've memorized it in high school. And all of a sudden, God comes along and he just brings it in front of you and he goes, wow, spend some time here, David. And, and there's something about saying it out loud. There is something about saying it out loud. Don't just read it. Try to say it out loud. Because what you're doing is, is you're literally declaring God's word without realizing you're declaring his word. And the enemy hears you. He doesn't know what you're thinking, but he knows what you're speaking. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. Thank you, like, wow. And you will find and feel my presence, even in your time of pressure and trouble. Can I hear somebody say, thank you, God? God. (laughs) I will be your glorious hero. Who's your hero? Who's your hero? Man, when your hero is Jesus, it's like, he's my hero. This morning, I just fell in love with him all over again. We're singing these songs as I will not be shaken. It's not because of anything I've done. It's because of what he is and who he is and what he's done. And I can, I can look at tomorrow and I can literally laugh at tomorrow. Because he's with me. I'll be your glorious hero and give you a feast. When I read that, I thought of Psalm 23. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Get used to having a party when there's trouble going on. Get used to having a feast in the middle of trouble. It, it, we got to get past our human thinking and start thinking God thoughts we got to start doing what his word says. Instead of being down on the mouth and barely getting by and just woe is me, woe is me, we got to start saying is, watch out for me. I cried for help. I was in trouble and he helped me. If that doesn't make you dance and shout and say hallelujah, I'm not sure what does. He's got this package called grace that I can't figure out because I certainly wouldn't do it. And I don't think you would either. But he extends grace. (laughs) When we don't deserve it, when we've made a mess, he comes along and says, I'm here. I love you. Yeah, he doesn't want you to do it, he doesn't want you to keep doing it. But if you make a mistake, he's there. And he ends this chapter, he says, I'll be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you. You will be satisfied with a full life. Anybody here feel like their life isn't full? I'll be honest with you, there's been times this last year when life has been challenging. I've had thoughts I've never had before. I've had fights that I've never had to have a f- before. And I just keep I it just I have it, and it's like I have. To, I, I I trust God's word. I trust God's word. His word says this. I don't care what's happening here. His word says this. This is where I stay. This is where I live. This is where I dwell. It doesn't matter what they say about cancer. It doesn't matter what they say about this disease or that disease or this illness or this prognostication or this diagnosis or this person is like this. Therefore, I am sick and tired of that. This is where. I dwell. And when I dwell here, I am safe. I am secure. And if I get into trouble, my goodness, do I ever get into trouble, I can cry for help. And he answers me every single time. And I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to declare to you today That when you abide in the secret place and you spend time in his place and you cuddle up to him, he takes care of things that you used to think you had to take care of. Quit messing around worrying about tomorrow. Start enjoying today. Spend time in his presence and just get lost in his presence. Be irresponsible in his presence. Throw the clock away and just say, God, I'm here because he's the guy that redeems time. That's kind of what happened to me a couple nights this week. I walked up and down our hallway. I was pointing fingers. I was like, devil, you are a liar. This is what God's word says. This is what I believe. It says that when I dwell in his secret place, none of these things are going to bother me. Doesn't mean we don't have trouble. It says when you run into trouble, but then it says he's there. I did the math. There's twice as many angels as there are bad guys. If that doesn't make you shout, we're winning two to one just right off the bat. But it starts in his holy place. It starts with him. This year, I I don't have a theme for the year. Usually I have a theme for the year. And I've been talking with Pastor Nelson, Pastor Daniel, and I I believe we're still going for territory. I I, want to read you one verse that jumped out at me this morning. If you go to Joshua 1. I don't think we're finished with taking territory. And so we're going to keep working on it, but I believe we've got to switch the gears. I believe we've got to change the focus. I, I think we have to look at it. We've studied territory. It's time to take the territory. It's one thing to look at it. It's, another, it's one thing to try to analyze it, but it's another thing to say, I'm taking it. And I want to see you to see something here in the book of Joshua. First chapter, he says, be strong and co- courageous, verse 6, for you shall give this pos- people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers. I'm here to tell you that it is time for you to take possession of those things that you've been crying for. Those things that your heart has been aching for. Those things that last year you looked at and said, this is the territory I want. It is time to take that territory. And you take it by spending time in his presence. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it like 16 steps, 12 steps. This, Spend time in his presence. Spend time in His presence. I'll complicate it for you next week, but this week, just spend time in His presence. Just spend time in His presence. If you walk away today with one thing, spend time in His presence. Read Psalm 91. I'm going to read it again this week because I'm not done with it. God's not done with me with it. Amen, just play that. Pastor Nelson came to me and he, he just felt the Lord impressing on him that there's some people here believing for a house. Is that right, Pastor Nelson? Believing for a home. I'm going to agree with Pastor Nelson. I have learned that God doesn't tell Pastor Nelson nothing. He tells him something. If, if you are believing God for a home, for a permanent residence, for a house, can anybody identify with that? If you do, reach your hand up. Amen. Amen. Lord, your word came through your prophet this morning. We release that. And I speak permanent, residence, no longer rental, but a house, yours. I declare the impossible to be possible, complete and real now. Lord, I release that now over everyone here that has their hand up. What I see is this. I see Whoever you're going to buy from is going to give you favor. The favor of God is going to be upon the deal. They can't turn you down. Amen. Do you receive that this morning? Is there anybody here that has a need? Any need. I don't care if it's financial. I don't don't care if it's health. I don't care if it's you're feeling lonely, if you're battling things, depression or addictions. I don't care what it is. Is there anybody here that has a need? I want to declare that your God is the one who supplies all your needs, He is the one that breaks the chains. He is the one that comes and heals. He says in Luke that he has come and he has come to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. I am believing for miracles right now. You don't have to wait any longer than right now. If you're holding out for a loved one, right now God can touch them. If you need a miracle in your finances, you don't have to wait till business hours Monday. God can release it right now. In the heavenly, He can release and set in motion right now the victory. If you're looking at a mental state of mind that you're struggling with, you don't have to wait. God can do it right now. He can deal in the miraculous right now. If you need a physical healing, you don't have to wait till you see your doctor. I believe He is here right now, and I believe in the suddenly immediately of God that we declare his word and he comes and he accomplishes his word so Lord we stand right now right now I'm expecting miracles to be released we stand on your word which is your covenant to us And we say, Lord, we abide in your presence. And when we spend time with you and we abide with you and when we come and we hide ourselves in you, you will provide. You'll send your angels. We will not see destruction. Nothing's going to harm me. There is no deadly poison that will come and disturb me because I am resting and hiding in your secret place. Amen. God bless you. Expect something crazy to happen this week. Declare it. Read the Bible and declare it. Amen. God bless you.